guys, welcome to the Macomb Podcast, where we talk about all things true crime and super spooky. I'm your co-host, Olivia. And I'm Kennedy. Okay. So I am going to talk about the Mark Angelucci. <laughs> no, it's um it's a very Italian name. It's Angelucci something. Angelucci, I think. Probably. Something like that. It's Italian, so. But he was murdered in 2020, which is really good. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. So good. So he was 52, and he was an American attorney, but not just a regular attorney. Attorney. He was a men's rights activist attorney. <laughs> that sounds... I don't know what the fuck he thought he was doing. There's more. He was also the vice president of the National Coalition for Men. <laughs> men's rights! Yeah. Yes. Okay, perfect. Then... Um, he obviously got a lot of hate for being a men's rights activist. Oh, really? Really? Tell me more. And so, on the 11th of July of 2020, a guy comes up to the door. He's a delivery man, right? Mm -hmm. And he comes up to the door. He rings the doorbell. And some other member of his family, of Mark's family, opens the door. And the delivery man says, hey, I have a package for Mark. And Mark comes to the door to sign for it, and he was shot right there in the door frame, point blank. Because he was a men's rights activist? No. Oh. It, I'll tell you about the guy who shot him. But, okay. um, yeah, he was shot point blank, right in the door frame, just right there. A week later, this was in California, a week later in New York City... Another man is shot point blank by a delivery man in his door. <laughs> so it's like a serial killer type beat. Only two. Oh, okay. So, so not, a not a serial, serial killer. killer. <laughs> and once again, dead right there in the door. So let me tell you a little bit about the man who they suspect. First of all, his name is Roy Den Hollander. Two words, Roy Den <laughs> So his first name is Roy Den? No, his first name is Roy. His last name is Den Hollander. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he's this, he's a suspect, but he's also a men's rights activist. Well, that makes sense. Yes. They're just fighting for that. And then a week spot. after the second murder, he commits suicide. Oh. So that's why it's a suspect. We have no confirmation. Um, but he killed... The son of federal judge Esther Salas, um, they believe that the attack was supposed to get Esther, the judge, but instead got her son. Um, the reason he went after Mark, though, was because he had differences with him, and Mark got him ex- uh, like removed from the men's rights activist group. And Just so, yeah. And so he was all pissed off, and he was like, this guy ruined my life. Um, let me see. They, and so this guy was, like, pissed that he got out of this anti, 
whatever group. <laughs> and it, I want to read this to you because it says, Den Hollander, the guy, the suspect, was a self-proclaimed anti-feminist attorney. <laughs> well, that's important. That's the important part. And Mark made some progress in court with male discrimination cases. You know how males are discriminated yeah, against. because they're the minorities and women yeah. are objects. But according to Den Hollander's former colleague, in his mind, Mark was guilty of encroaching on Roy's territory. <laughs> so Mark came in, stole Roy's thunder, and then he killed him. So this guy was crazy because there was also a lengthy online manuscript that he wrote about Mark and everything, and he spent hundreds of hours analyzing Mark's writings, and it says, Roy was a very angry person. He blamed women for the failures of his life. <laughs> like, he has mommy issues, deep down. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, what is it? Um, in his own words, he called Judge Salas a lazy and incompetent Latina judge. Oh, that's not awesome, particularly. <laughs> um, yeah. And so he was all mad. He's, uh, the guy says he wrongly blamed Salas for slowing down one of his lawsuits, one of his anti-feminist lawsuits. Oh, know? for sure. Um, and so he was all pissed at Mark and this judge lady. And so um, he, this guy, Roy, lived in New York City. And then in early July, coinkadinkly, <laughs> Dan Hollander took a cross-country train trip to California. <laughs> well, Which listen. is where Mark lived. <laughs> and I then he mean. came back to New York and a week later killed the son. The funniest part was he was so stupid about it because when they found his suicide body, the gun he used to shoot himself was the same gun he shot both the other ones with. Well, if he's dead, then it doesn't matter. No, I know, but it was just frustrating. I'm like... <laughs> he's gonna, like, kill the guys with different guns and then kill himself with a different gun. Because he didn't do it. Yeah, but, yeah. He was so angry at this woman for being a woman. Yeah. And the other guy for so encroaching on his men's rights. Yes. So, delivery man, pow, pow. Supposedly, though, this is still unsolved because the guy died. Shit. Like, they have the evidence, but they can't prove it. And they can't convict him because he's dead. They can't dead. convict anybody. So it's an unsolved murder, technically. But he, there's no way he didn't do it. Oh, no, we know he did it. He had a grudge. and Like, so it's like, he did unsolved. it. <laughs> yeah, I literally put it in quotation marks. I was like, unsolved. <laughs> but if that's a good reason to never meet the delivery man at the door ever again well we have grubhub so and your guy today <laughs> <laughs> no i mean like if you get like an amazon package i guess but then sometimes you have to sign for shit like what are you gonna do then fucking make my mommy do it <laughs> my mommy mommy come here <laughs> yeah that's the murder of mark angelusi <laughs> jealousy um i apologize to any italians <laughs> and also just like he did die so we have to be like respectful but also but also he's a men's rights activist so like like clearly men don't have rights so we should just honor that yeah, that was sarcasm. Please don't ever say <laughs> anything we say seriously because yikes. Yeah, oh, just, 
stupid college kids who hate men, so. <laughs> All right, and then you. Ah! I'm so freaking excited. Don't quit your day job. This is Olivia's time to shine. Okay, so this one, I freaking love. This is going to be two-parter, though, so I'm going to do basically, like, the background of the family, and then I'm going to go into, like, the crime scene and, like, what's going on with that moment, and then I'll get into, like, the theories, and I'll do a little bit of her autopsy, but not, like, all of it, because there's some parts in there that lead to a theory, and I'm just going to leave that for the next part. Anyway, if you don't read the title, I'm going to do the Jean Benet Ramsey case, and I'm so freaking excited. So, let's get into it. So, I'm going to start with the dad. I'm going to start with John Bennett Ramsey. Um, he went to MSU. Is that who she's named after? Yes, because her full name is Jean Bennett Patricia Ramsey. So, is she, Patricia the mom? Yeah. That's so, upsetting. <laughs> why is that upsetting? It's just her real name. <laughs> I always thought John Bennett was weird enough. It is, but like it's kind of clever because they used their names together like it's kind of fun it's kind of creepy but like her sons but like patsy's other son fucking burke yeah why couldn't they have named him john well because john also has another son named john <laughs> so, <laughs> that's why <laughs> so he has a daughter named john benet and a, and a son, son named, named john bennett <laughs> no a son named john andrews oh i thought bennett was their last name no, it's Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord, Bessie. Oh, my God. No, Anywho. that's his fucking middle name. But they made Jean Benet, John Bennett. That's stupid. <laughs> Love her, though. She's beautiful. She's a beautiful little girl. Anyway, so John Bennett Ramsey, um, he went to MSU for his engineering degree. And then while he was working on his master's degree, he was married two times. And a lot of people don't know that, and I feel like that's weird. And, like, you should know that because it's important. Anyway, so he met his first wife, Lucinda hmm. Pascht. Pascht? I want to say Pascht or Pash. Maybe Pash? I don't know. Anyway, um, they met at MSU, and then Lucinda was an education major. Teachers, we love you. We love you, dog. You need more money. <laughs> you definitely need more money. Um, and this, so they got married in 1990, in 1966. Sorry, 1966. Um, and then they, together, they had three children. They had Elizabeth, Melinda, and John Andrew. So that's where he comes in. <laughs> um, and then divorced in 1978. And then in 1992, the oldest daughter, Elizabeth, died in a car crash. Supposedly. Huh? Maybe. No, she definitely did. Oh, okay. <laughs> she de- there was no, like, maybe. Or, I don't know. <laughs> she definitely did. Jump in it. Anything could happen. That's true. They're, we're going to get into theories. It's going to be insane. Um, So then, after they divorced on all those fun little things. Just kidding. That's not fun. Sorry. <laughs> um, Take everything we say with a grain of salt. <laughs> Um, John Bennett, John Bennett, sorry, I looked at, anyway, John Bennett Ramsey married, hmm, wrong, John Bennett Ramsey met Patsy, um, in 1980, 
And they didn't, like, like, meet for very long until they got married. Like, they got married in, like, 81, I think. And I'm like, what is going? No, I lied. They met in 1980, and they married in 1980. So, like, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't have a long, it was, like, a few months. And they were like, oh, getting hitched, dog. Was she pregnant? No, not at that time. Girl, you don't look at me like that. Is that confirmed? It's confirmed. Okay. Because her first son, Burke, was born in 87. Oh, God. It's seven years to have a kid, but only, like, three months to get married? (laughs) I don't know if it was three. I doubt it. I bet it was, like, maybe seven months. But I'm not... Still. Well, like, older people get lonely faster. (laughs) They have less time to live. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) They gotta move fast. (laughs) Okay, so Patsy and... Mm, again, a hard fucking last name. Poe? Poe? I think pa- Pog. Pog? I don't know. I don't know. P-A-U-G. See, at least I Googled mine beforehand. Uh, fuck that, so. <sighs> so, Patsy went to college at West Virginia for journalism. And, yeah, per. She's a queen ass. Um, so, it's really, like, but... well, we'll get into it. Um, but... In 1977, she, Patsy was in, was actually already a beauty pageant queeneth. No, really? Yeah. Only beauty pageants make their kids do beauty pageants. <laughs> they just live vicariously through their children. Oh, yeah. And Patsy was definitely that one. I feel like she was, but I don't want to, like... No, she was. She was, for sure. So, in 1977, she actually won Miss West Virginia at the age of 21. And that's pretty cool. But then her sister Pamela won in 1980 the same title. So, like, it was just, like, a family of hugging pageant queens, which is kind of cool. Kind of a moment. She loved it. Um, and then on November 5th, 1980, John and Patsy got married. So there you go. A few months. It could have been 12. It could have been, I guess. They could have gotten together January 1st. <laughs> Her. She, they did. Maybe it was a New Year's. Oh my god, that's romantic. I don't know. I didn't look at that too far because that's not the big, that's not the main point. I'm just trying to get in the background, trying to get the vibes. Um, Let's see. Okay. So in 1987, Burke was born. So he's the first born son. And then in 1990, that's when John Bonet was born. So when John Bonet was one years old in 1991. One year old. Shut the hell up. <laughs> um, the family, so Burke, John, Patsy, and Jean Bonnet moved to Boulder, Colorado for one of John's business opportunities. Now, I have no fucking idea what he does. Like, it says he's an engineer, but it also says he's just a businessman. So, like, he's just all over the world, all over the place. He's just doing the moment. He is the moment. And that's what I have to say about that. Now. We're going to get into the little miss, six-year-old beauty queen herself. In August 6, 1990, Jean Bonnet was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so, by the time she was six, so from the span of when she was born to six years old, before she died, she won several pageant titles, and she was known for her big blonde hair that was curly and big and poofy and her beautiful little smile now 
there's a lot of controversy about obviously Jean Benet and the pageant world because like toddler pageants they literally dress their toddlers up as adults yeah they're very sexualized as children yeah the short skirts the short dresses and that's another theory I'm gonna get into and the makeup and the makeup um and yeah so there's just a lot of controversy about it and um they had this case of Jean Benet's trophies in their living room I think it was a living room but it was a case of all of her trophies from her pageants and one of the family friends was like oh like are those like all your trophies and she goes they're like Jean Benet said they're not really my trophies they're my mom's oh she said that yeah and she was how old mm. less than six yeah she was a baby. a baby she was a baby she patsy i don't know i don't know i like i don't know like patsy i feel is very like like kind of controversial to where patsy may have been living vicariously through jean Bonnet, or possibly she could have been like i really love pageants so i'm gonna try to see if jean Bonnet really liked pageants and then it became like a mother-daughter thing except it didn't seem like Jonathan enjoyed it. That's fair. She was a baby, and babies don't like to do stuff like that. Yeah. Because Patsy didn't start becoming in the pageant when she was until she was like older, not when she was a child. So I kind of get that. But anywho, so 1991, they moved into the Boulder, Colorado house where Jabonet died, murdered. Um. So the house was fucking massive because they were rich they were rich rich they're here being rich rich as fuck like from the front front you'll see pictures and it looks just like a normal fucking house like and then it, it just keeps going yeah it's huge it's seven thousand square feet it has 104 windows and there's four fucking floors including the basement it's like a dorm that's like what we live in yeah but it's a house <laughs> Except it's for, like, five people. Yeah. Yeah. It's there are, like, a thousand people that live here. <laughs> and that's five people. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we live in ten square feet, not seven thousand. Yeah, they're, it's huge. So, I'm going to lay out the house to kind of, like, show. I'm going to lay out the house now, and then I'll get into the theories on the next part. And that will, so the layout will come into play in the next part. So... Jean Benet and Burke, both of their rooms were on the second floor. Jean Benet's was on the west side. And then Burke's was completely on the other side, on the east. And then the parents' room, John and Patsy's, were on the third floor on the east side. So right directly above Burke's bedroom. Um, and then on the first floor, obviously, it was like the living room, the kitchen... There was, like, a gathering room. It was just a fucking big house. Rooms that are just random for no fucking reason. That you don't really need, but you want, so you have them. In the basement, that's basically where they did their laundry and stuff. And there was, like, an unfinished cellar room. People called it, like, the wine cellar. Red flag. Red flag. Like, it was just concrete walls. Not painted. Like, the fucking basement. I say it as if the basement isn't insane. Like, on our Instagram, I'll post, like, 
the layout of the house so you get it because it is a fucking labyrinth. Like, it's insane. Like, you have to know that house so well to put JonBenet where they put her. Like, it's crazy. So, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So, on December 25th, 1996. So, Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> In the morning. What? Yeah, that's like right. Yeah, got it. Got it, got it, got it. Um, on Christmas, obviously the family opened their Christmas presents. And then later that night, the family went to their friend's house, Fleet White and Priscilla White. And they went for a Christmas party. That night, it was around 9 p.m., Jean Benet, or John takes Jean Benet upstairs because she's sleeping. And you know how when you're a baby, you oh, fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah, and your father just takes you, or your mother takes you upstairs and lays you in your bed and tucks you in and gives you a little kissy kiss goodnight, and that's that. That's what it is, and that's what happened, and Burke also went to bed. Like, everybody went straight to bed. That's what Patsy and John claim the entire time. Patsy, John, Burke, John Bonet, all asleep. Nobody woke up at all ever, ever and ever. That's important. So what they say. Keep those in your minds. Now, the very next day, or I should say, like, a couple hours. A few hours, because it was 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. So it was December 26th, 1996. Um, Patsy gets up to make some coffee at 5.30 a.m., which is fucking insane how early she gets up, but that's not a problem. It's just, that's crazy, because I fucking barely wake up. At nine, so that's really good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so she goes down. Also, the first floor to the second floor, there's like this spiral staircase, and that's what. Because of course there is. Because of course there is, but it's like not like a cool one like you imagine. It's just this metal rickety spiral staircase. Yeah. It's small. It's not big. It's like a small spiral staircase from the first to the second floor. It's it's a whole moment. Now, by her feet. Were, was, the ransom note. She claimed she found by her feet. You know how big that fucking ransom note was? You wanna know how long that shit was? How, how big was it? (laughs) What was it? Two and a half pages. No, it wasn't. Yes, it fucking was. How do you even say that much in a ransom note? You just say 50,000. Or else. Exactly. It's that easy. I'll read it. I'm going to read it to you. The whole thing? The whole thing. I'm going to read it. Buckle in, folks. It's going to be the next hour and a half of your life. (laughs) It's really not that bad. But I'm going to read it. Are you ready? All right, it goes. Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully, exclamation mark. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business. But we do not, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. Now, throughout this, they misspell words. They misspell words like possession and business. Like a woman does. Because women are never right. (laughs) (laughs) Because women are stupid. (laughs) Because they fail. (laughs) Okay, anyway. Um, But not your country it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want her, if you want 
her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw 100000 no, $118,000 from your account. That's so specific. I know. Let's get into it. $100,000 will be in $100 bills, and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. $20 bills. What the fuck? Yeah. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. It's like a bag. Oh. Okay. (laughs) It's so... you're going to need more than a bag to carry that shit. It's just like a... Like, so... Like, they're fucking... A foreign fashion, yet they use the words attache. Yeah. That is very French. That is very, like... (laughs) Fancy. Like, people fucking use the word attache. Anyway... When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. Um, just one? Yes. (laughs) I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. Babe, the bank's not open. (laughs) It's Christmas. I know. That's another red flag. Is If anyone did this, they wouldn't do it. Like, they wouldn't say tomorrow because the banks aren't open. The banks aren't open. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money, and hence earlier delivery, which is crossed out, and they've changed it to pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains. Yeah, for that's pr- fucked up. For proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so oh. I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. Ooh, yummy. Yeah. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. A stray dog? Yes, a stray dog. Ooh. That's specific. That's specific. And weird. Two and a half pages, maybe. Of this bullshit? (laughs) Yeah. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if they are found, she dies. You can try... They're very thorough. They are. They really are shocking. They talk about talking to stray cats, too, because that feels a little prejudiced. No, they don't. Just dogs. Yes, because they're very specific <laughs> about who she, who they can and cannot talk to. <laughs> like, there's got to be a lot of this <laughs> Always be vague. Okay, ready? I gotta finish it. I'm real close to finishing it. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with the law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. 99? Yes, because there's that 1% that they could. The, the loopholes. Yeah, the loopholes. They get it. They get that there's loopholes, so they might be able to find it. Follow our instructions, and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny, as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat Don't cat. Don't try and what? Grow a brain. Grow? Grow a brain. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not what it sounded like. Sorry. Grow a brain, John. <laughs> you are not the only fat cat around here. So she, she, she they did. They mentioned the cats. So. But you can still talk to straight cats. Yeah. So don't think that killing 
will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Question. What? Am I mistaken that this was written on, like, the notepad that was, like, on the counter? You are not mistaken. I will talk about that. Okay. Because I was like, that's weird. <clears throat> that's fucking weird. That they took weird. the time to write two and a half pages oh, don't worry, in though. the house. Don't worry, there's a rough draft, too. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> It was like a page long, too. <laughs> You're joking. Then, How long were they there writing this bullshit? Including the page, without stopping, they said it took at least 20 to 30 minutes. Why? <laughs> so they... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this case is so fucking chaotic for no goddamn reason. For no reason. <laughs> I'm so upset. <laughs> I know. If I... Okay, I'm just going to put myself in whoever did this issues because we're not going to talk about it yet. <laughs> if I were to be the one doing this, even if I was staging it, <laughs> yeah. if I was going to stage something like this happening, I would not A, leave a rough draft, <laughs> B, make that thorough of a ransom note. Clearly they don't know anything about ransom notes. <laughs> Because it's very simple. You put the amount and who you have. It's that easy. And maybe a date and time. Maybe. It's not required. (laughs) This is like three sentences max. No, they really wanted to get it thorough and get it done. They were like, I'm a real kidnapper. Can't you tell by the three pages I wrote? One of which... I threw away because it wasn't good enough for good old Johnny boy. I just want to say, like, I don't know. I have no opinions on who did it. But if it was, like, the parents, like, they thought through some of this shit, they got to be the dumbest motherfuckers. (laughs) Like, they know nothing. They could have done a little research. But they didn't. They did not. They did nothing. Have they ever seen anything? Have they watched the news ever? Have they watched Blue Buds? 48 hours, baby. (laughs) Come on. Cold case? Anything? So, the last thing they did in the note is they signed it. Victory! Exclamation point. Signed. C-B-T-C. C-B-A-T? C-Bat? Oh my god! (laughs) Fuck, we know who did it. We solved the case. It's the Reddit guy. Guys! (laughs) C-Bat! We did it! (laughs) (laughs) Call the fucking ambulance. The the FB goddamn I. It was (laughs) C-Bat! It was C-Bat. We did it. (laughs) Fuck! It was that easy. It was literally just us. Uh, Two college... college idiots. (laughs) Two college students... Doing the true crime moment. And you they know, did it. I think, though, if they were to do a buddy cop movie, a pre-law and a film major, that's kind of fucking hilarious. <laughs> but yet we know everything. We like, know everything. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, between the two of us, probably pretty close. <laughs> we fucking got it. <laughs> so, I find it fucking weird that they say... We respect your business. And then they go, the two men watching your daughter fucking hate you. (laughs) By the way. (laughs) Maybe they're just goonies. They aren't in on anything. They don't fucking get it. They don't know. 
They probably don't even speak English. They're foreign, remember? True. And then it starts with Mr. Ramsey, and then later, it's just John, which is weird. You, yeah. It, th- like, this whole thing, because also, in the rough draft... <laughs> that I love so dear. <laughs> that happened to be there? The rough draft had Mr. and Mrs. Ramsey on it, and then crossed it off and changed it to Mr. Ramsey. So they were, like, trying to figure out who they wanted to write it to. They were like, oh, I don't know. Miss Ramsey? Mr. Ramsey? Both of them? I don't know. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Why? I mean, I would probably put both. It's both of their daughters. Daughter. Daughter. Both of theirs. Daughter. Yeah. But it's weird because they had no plan whatsoever. No. They went into this cult turkey. But that's, like, they. that must have been, like, they went into it and they were like, let's... Let's just, let's murder. Let's just kidnap a little baby girl. I mean. What the fuck? Friday night. I don't know what day of the week it was, but like. Just. Night out. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. So. Okay. What ifs. So yeah, that's a fucking weird sitch. And then they were to find out that that was fucking Patsy's notebook. And so was the fucking pen. Wasn't it also, like, one of the family members' handwriting? Sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. You're okay. No. Because they did? I didn't know. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm purely an observer. Okay. So, Burke, John, and Patsy both gave up blood samples and their handwriting samples. They did both left and right-handed. Now, Burke and John were both completely excluded from the note. But a handwriting expert said... That they could not completely exclude Patsy. No shit! Because of the way her left hand wrote. And that was her non-dominant hand. Yeah. Which makes sense if you were... I mean, they weren't totally stupid. No, I'm not saying they didn't. But if they... What if they did? If they were to, if like if I were to write a note and didn't want anybody to know it was me, I'd write it with my right hand because I'm left-handed. Like you would just think to write a different way so nobody could like get it. So, like, a lot of letters match Patsy's, and they couldn't conclusively exempt her from the handwriting example, but it's not enough evidence to convict her of it. Because it's handwriting, and a person is looking at the letters. Yeah. And people make mistakes. People can't definitively say stuff like that. (sighs) So. It still sucks that it was... Patsy's handwriting with Patsy's pen and Patsy's notebook in Patsy's house. Fucking <laughs> Patsy's house. Technically, I don't know if it was like Patsy, Patsy's notebook and Patsy's pen, but they were in her house and they were in the drawer, I think, in the kitchen. And Patsy found it. And Patsy fucking found that shit. Just saying. God damn. So, um,. Patsy finds a note. She runs up to John and shows John the note. And then Patsy immediately calls 911. Yeah, but didn't the note say not to do that? Oh, yeah. And you know what else she did? She called the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> no, she called her friends and family, too. Why would she do that? <laughs> because she wanted to help search in the kidnapping of her daughter. 
Even though they said that they're gonna fucking be head JonBenet if they were to call anyone, especially the police. But she called the police right away. Which, to be fair, you do. You do. Because what the fuck else do you do in that situation? But the worst part is calling your friends and family. Don't call your fucking friends and family right now. You call them after she's deemed dead. Or found or whatever. Yeah, that too. Anyway. I was thinking about what actually happened. I know. But like, but if they were not and they just thought it was a kidnapping, you don't fucking call your friends and family when the note says don't call your friends well, and they, family. I mean, that could be a loophole. They didn't say that. Well, they said anyone. Oh, you well. talk to anybody. A fucking stray dog, my guy. That's fair. Hey, stray dog. I don't know you, but my daughter kidnapped. <laughs> I need to fucking find I, her. I do imagine John having that conversation with the dog on the way with the money. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of a moment. Anywho, did Elise. <clears throat> now, they call nine one one. She calls nine one one around a little after five thirty, obviously, and then the police. Officer Rick French arrives first, around 6 a.m. It took that long. Like, a little bit before 6 a.m., I guess. But, yeah. Um. But the weird thing is, when French arrived, Patsy and John were both fully dressed. Patsy was in makeup, all done. She wasn't crying. I think she was worried, but she wasn't really, like, she was, like, freaking out. But, like, before they had come, either she had gotten up and gotten done all of that. Because she just said she got up and went to go get coffee. She never mentioned her getting dressed and getting her makeup on. But that's, the police were like, she had, she was ready. She was ready to, like, walk out the door. She had makeup on. She was dressed up. And so was John. But John said that when Patsy ran upstairs to give him the note, he was already getting dressed. So she could have been dressed, but they don't definitively say when she got dressed. Which So if she was beforehand and she got the note and then she was like, oh, I'm going to put my makeup on? Fucking weird. Mm-hmm. So French, before any detectives arrive, anybody else arrives, he does a sleep sweep through the house. Okay. Now this motherfucker says he looked through the entire home. No, he didn't. But... He went to the basement, you know what he did? Didn't find the fucking body there. But he tried to push on the cellar door, but it was latched, so he just walked away. Did not latch it? No, it was latched, so he just wouldn't do that. Yeah. It's an invasion. Invasion of privacy, so he'd like, he might watch. Little did he know. That's what the fucking body was. Jean Benet was in there. Well, she wasn't free, she was dead. She was just dead, babe. Anyway, that's where her body was found, but they haven't found her yet. Now, around 8 a.m., the first detective arrives. Two hours later. Yep. Wow. Yep. And just to note, the call was supposed to become from 8 to 10, the call. That they said they would call him, let him know where to drop the money off, and that shit. So Linda Arndt is the detective. She came around 8 a.m. Now, as the police arrived, so did the friends and family. <laughs> and this is where shit gets fucking bonkers. Because it wasn't already. 
Because you know the only thing they did? They only cornered off JonBenet's room. Everything else, free range. Family walking through the fucking house. Priscilla, the fucking husband. Husband? The ex-wife was there? No, that's Lucinda. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Priscilla, fleet wife's wife. The friend that they went to the Christmas party Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She fucking wiped down countertops. She did. She did. I saw that shit. Wait, wait. How do we the kitchen look nice for the police? That's... Mm-hmm. Do people don't know anything about crime scenes? No, it's like just... assuming they're oblivious, <laughs> assuming they're not in on this. <laughs> not in. No, like it was nice. It was cute. It was a good moment. <laughs> yeah, so they did that, which is really good. Oh, but while this all happened, you know where Burke was? Sleeping. Sleeping. He was fucking sleeping. He was tired, boy. <laughs> when the fuck? <laughs> The fuck? <laughs> Why didn't they look in Burke's room? They did. He was asleep. <laughs> They're like, oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad, buddy. Fuck, dog. Didn't want to wake you. Your sister's just fucking dead in the basement. No, she's missing her dog. I know. <laughs> she doesn't know yet. They don't know shit yet. Okay, so yeah. Family also around the house was picking things up, too. Like, they were stomping around... Just fixing messes. Like, oh, there's some little toys. Put them away for you. Fold the blankets. That's okay. It's fine. Touch everything. Yeah. <laughs> Touch everything. Everything. Now, at some point in time, Burke woke up. And- oh, good. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Baby boy. Me. <laughs> at some point in time. When? I don't fucking know. No one cares. <laughs> Burke Ended up going to Fleet White's house. So they didn't have to, like, deal with Burke being awake in this situation. That's fair. That is fair. He's, like, what, 11? He's 9 at this time. Oh, okay. So he's little. And they don't want him a part of this, which I totally get. That's fair. Yeah. Except that... We'll get into it next part, babe. <clears throat> now. Um, they're waiting for the phone call. And for some odd fucking reason, nobody freaks out when it's past 10 a.m. Nobody realizes that 10 a.m. has passed. And nobody's freaking out. Nobody's like, what the fuck? Nobody notices. Not even fucking Patsy. Not John. They don't know. Not the police? I think the police kind of, like, were paying attention. But, like, Patsy and John didn't fucking care. They didn't care. What were they doing? They were just cleaning. <laughs> they were just doing their moment. They were just sitting there. They didn't know. But the thing is, is that they heard the phone ring once, and so they're like, oh my god. It wasn't fucking anybody. <laughs> <laughs> just, We've been trying to reach you, but your car's extended warranty. warranty. <laughs> Literally. That's what it was. Bad time! <laughs> yeah, basically. But... At one point, John gets up from the couch and leaves the room when they're just waiting for the call. Sus. But I kind of get it, though. Like, you, you don't want that, or, like, you don't want to, like, sit there and just be, like, for, like, three fucking hours waiting for somebody to call. So, Art being the fucking bestie that she is, the detective, she notices John, like, pale, fucking about to vomit, just so fucking 
just anxious. And so she goes and tells Fleet White and John to look through the house again. Top to bottom. You know where he went? Bottom to top. But they didn't get to the top. No shit. (laughs) So. Did they specifically say to go top to bottom? Yep. She said it in an interview. Why? Why is that? That's such a specific instruction. Well, because they always. they disobey specifically. Yeah, I know. But normally you would go top to bottom. Because they were still treating it as a kidnapping. Yeah. So they assumed that they had stolen JonBenet from her bedroom. So And that's at the top, not the bottom. Yeah. So she was like, top to bottom. Go search. See if anything looks off. Go ahead. Eh. I think I'm going to go to the basement, actually. Why? Huh? Why would you do that? Unless she knew she was there. That's... Babe. Now, in the basement... There was a broken window. How do we not notice that the first time? Well, it's the window's kind of fucking confusing. But the window was broken. And people were like, oh my god, that's how the intruder broke in, obviously. And he goes, John goes, no, 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 no. That's been right. I did that. He did it. He got locked out of the house. So he threw a fucking brick in there. <laughs> <laughs> Climbed through the window, never fucking fixed it. It was like that for weeks. It's winter. It's winter. It was like that for weeks. Didn't fucking do anything about it. He's like, I meant to fix that. I don't have time. I don't have time to do that. But the weird thing is, is that they had a housekeeper. And she confirmed this. That there was a suitcase under the window. And the maid confirmed that the suitcase, the way it was when they had done the searches of the house, when JonBenet went missing... That it wasn't the way it was beforehand. So it looked like it had been moved. And probably by a family member. Probably by a fucking family member. They're actually. like cleaning. They're fucking cleaning. And so they look. And at first, the family does not recognize the suitcase. They're like, I have no idea where this fucking suitcase is. I don't know what it is. I don't fucking know. This at fucking suitcase. first. At first. Later, it's found out. That it was John Andrews' suitcase. Oh, the son. The son. The other son, not Burke. Yeah, the oldest son. Because there was two daughters and a son from his past marriage. So it was the oldest son. It was his. And John Andrews was like, it's mine. I, it's mine. Why but is it there? Nobody fucking knows. <clears throat> nobody knows why it was there. It was just fucking there. And people were like, it's weird. I don't know why it's there. Because he didn't live there. He didn't live there. No. He was like, it's mine. So it's confirmed that it's his. But the thing is, you know what was in there? No. (laughs) Babies. (laughs) Little kids. (laughs) No. A penis. Oh my god. Got it. No. Oh, are you being serious? (laughs) (laughs) It was filled with a comforter. From John Benazer. John Benazer. You're joking. <laughs> and a Dr. Seuss book. From John Benazer? <laughs> I don't know. It was just a Dr. Seuss book. Which one? <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's important. <laughs> it's not fucking important. Now listen. I have seen this everywhere. But in the interview with 
Patsy Ramsey and um, John, when they're actually being questioned about the suitcase, they never mention this. But in other sources, I have found it. So I'm not saying that this is 100% true. But there are claims that there were some of John Andrews' semen on the comforter. No. Yeah. I have not heard this. Yes. But I'm not saying it's factual. I saw it on some sources. I'm laying it out there, putting it on the plates. Now. I am going to talk about this. Just because I really want to. Okay. Well, this is our podcast. You can do whatever you want. I can do whatever the fuck I want, kids. So. That's our motto. (laughs) You're the fuck I want. So. We are explicit. (laughs) So the thing is, is that the only reason I mentioned John Andrews and, like, the past family is because John Andrews kind of fucking comes in here. Because one of the theories, again, not claiming this happened, but one of the theories is that John Andrews killed John Bonet. I've not heard this theory. Yes. And that he tried to shove Jean Bonnet in the suitcase to get her out of the window, but realized she wouldn't fit. Yeah. And so he took her out and staged it. And that's like one of the big theories because they found Jean Bonnet's sweater, like pajama sweater, in the suitcase. So they really thought that was a thing. But it, it's been like debunked and like. Like, the fibers. Stuck to her comforter and then got in the suitcase. Yeah, it's not. The fibers don't really match up. It doesn't really make sense. John Andrews. So that one is just a theory. Does he have, like, an alibi? Like, where was he? I think he was out of town. I think he did have an alibi. But I just only mention that now because it's not really a reliable theory. I don't think he personally did it. Like, there's somebody I think who did it. But I'm not going to mention it because I'm not trying to get sued. But, yeah, that's just a theory that people believe. I don't personally believe it. That's interesting, though, because I, I, like, I had yeah. heard that. Yeah, that's a theory. That's, that's that, basically. It's not a big thing. So, whenever they, John and go to the stairs, and they do get to the cellar. John opens the door, and Fleet White claims that he shouted, oh, my God. Who shouted? John. Before he even turned on the light. Before? Before. So it was pitch black and he shouted, oh my god, when he opened the door. He claims that he could see her already. But they did tests. He could not. Yeah, they did actual tests. And they said that there's no possible way he could have seen the blanket, seen her, anything. Seen a lump, nothing. He had to have known. Supposedly. It's a theory. Yeah. Fleet. Yeah. So Fleet did say that. That he had already said it and all these things and John said that he could see her. And that's... And John confirms that he saw her before the light came on. Yes. He said that he saw her and he screamed, oh my god, turn on the light as soon as he could. Now, John Bonet was wearing her PJs and she had a blanket covering her. She had... A garrote tied around her neck. A what? Garrote. What is that? So, it's basically like, it's almost like a noose, but there's a handle, and you pull it, and it doesn't take a lot, it's not, like, you don't have to be super strong to do this, and you pull it as hard as you can, and it basically just tightens, and it doesn't 
like stop tightening. Like you, it doesn't loosen once you just pull it. So it's just another way to strangle somebody. Devastating. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, but they found out that the handle used for the garrote was Patsy's paintbrush. A broken handle of Patsy's paintbrush. Oh my god. Yeah. So she had duct tape over her mouth. Her hands were tied. It was like a rope. And so John immediately ran up to her, removed the blanket, got rid of the duct tape, untied her, screamed like, my baby, my baby, and carried her all the way upstairs. Which is bad, because then you get your fingerprints all over the dead body. Stop calling it the dead body. John She's a baby. <laughs> but she's dead. She is dead. But I also kind of get it. Because you see a baby, your baby, and you go down and you see her. You want her not to look like that anymore. You want her to just be her baby again. So we brought her upstairs and Flea like saw him already. And so he went upstairs and was like, get help. Now, I don't blame John for that. I would probably do that if it was my baby and I like I can't fucking place myself there. But fucking detective art moved her again. The detective moved her under the Christmas tree. Or like by the Christmas tree. I was tree. like, that's weird. Now Patsy, she could hear them screaming. And Patsy just like what went. level was the Christmas tree on? The first floor. So it was like okay. in the living room. And Patsy couldn't move. Now people thought that was weird that like she didn't move when she heard like they found her. I could see that. But she was... I was paralyzed by my DoorDash driver earlier, so I can get it. <laughs> DoorDash, eh, you're done. So, Detective Art moved her, which I think is stupid. And then they had to end up carrying Patsy, like a family member, like two family members, I think, or two friends, carried her up to JonBenet's body. And she, again, laid her body over JonBenet's. Again, it contaminates the scene, but also it's her baby. It's her child. But also very smart, if strategic. If strategic. But it's her baby, so I get it. So, yeah. It, like, it fucked everything up. But you know what Fleet White did? Because he's just, like, really fucking helpful. (laughs) He brought the blanket up? (laughs) Oh, not just the blanket. He brought the suitcase, too. Not that. Oh, the duct tape in the garage. He brought it upstairs for the police. What? What duct tape? This is new information. The duct tape on the mouth. I mentioned this. You just weren't listening. Oh. Yeah, I was looking at the garage. <laughs> yeah, you were looking at the garage. It was really he sad. ripped off the... And he brought it. Good. Yeah. like <laughs> He's so good. He's <laughs> helpful. He's so well, We wouldn't have been able to do it without. <laughs> no, he's just a sweetie little pie. Oh, my God. Dumbest motherfucker. <laughs> he's just a sweet little guy. He's literally the best. Love him, love him. Must be stupid. <laughs> he's just... He's a fucking moment. That'd be me, though. <laughs> if I was in a crime scene, I'd be like, can I help? Do I? Hello? <laughs> okay. So, because of, like, not knowing when and when she was murdered, it's hard to tell the time of death. Even with an autopsy? Well, they did the autopsy, but it's still kind of hard because of yeah. how she was placed and then she was replaced and moved <laughs> and replaced and under the tree she's been moved like three fucking times <laughs> it's really hard to kind of get there which is super understandable for two of them for fucking art 
no. No fucking excuse. I don't care. Don't fucking touch her. You're an idiot. You're bad at your job. I don't care. I don't care. Sue me. Literally sue me. I don't fucking care. You're bad at your job. Don't move a fucking victim. Like, I don't... You're paying our lawsuits. Yeah. Well, literally, how hard is it? I don't... Okay. Okay. So, the time of death was 1.23 a.m. is what they assume on the 26th. So, that's what they assume happened. Which is 13.23. Death date. But that wouldn't be p.m. That's weird. It's what it says. But maybe that's not what that means. It's just weird that it says... Yeah, 13.23. Is that like when they found her? Oh, that is when they found her. You're right. So that's when they said the death was 1 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. The, they couldn't estimate the actual time of death. So they just went up when they found her. Yep. Look at you. You're a moment. This is not my case. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a fucking dumbass. <laughs> well, I knew that. <laughs> so the autopsy was the very next day on the 27th at 8.15 a.m. So Glad you got that one. Thank you. Thank you. Now, the weird fucking thing. Oh, more of those. Good. <laughs> she died of a craniocerebral injury. Blood force trauma. Blood force trauma. Not. Not. Suffocation. Strangulation, baby girl. Suffocation is different. Sorry, my bad. Strangulation. Windpipes. Gone. Sure, yeah. So this means she was hit on the head somewhere else. And then somebody had grotted her, tied her up, duct taped her mouth as a, when she was already dead. As a scapegoat. As, yeah, as just setting up the scene, I guess. Um, there's many ways you could combat this. Like, maybe they accidentally killed her when they were trying to knock her out. The intruder, there's, of course, the Burke theory, which we're going to get into, the family theory. She could have fallen, fucked. She could have fallen. She's a kid. She could have fallen down the basement steps. Somebody could have found her, put her in the basement. Like, it's a whole... It could be anything. It could be, honestly, a lot of things. And we're going to get into all of that shit. But the thing is, is that when a body... When somebody dies, you start to excrete mucus. But the thing is, is that the duct tape was placed, and the mucus was under the duct tape. Oh, so she had already been dead. She was, so it's confirmed that she was already dead when the duct tape was placed, when her hands were tied, when she was garroted, all that. Well, at least she didn't feel it. That's the garrot. True. But she was completely dead by the time they had basically just staged her. And her blanket, that was her favorite blanket, and she was sleeping with it at that time. So somebody had... To have known that. Well, she was sleeping with it. So somebody had to at least have taken her from her room and lured her downstairs. So that is where I'm going to end it. And then we'll... Wow, such a happy note. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll get even more into her autopsy about the pineapple, all that shit, in the next part. Oh, you don't know about the pineapple theory? I do not. Oh, shit. That's, That's my theory. No, it's not. (laughs) Don't sue me. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm going to leave it right there. 
and we'll get into you know the theories the the rest of the autopsy because there's fucking more baby girl wow but this was honestly just like a brief fucking overview and on that note just a little promo (laughs) since we are new if you want to email us about a murder that you have done research on or are interested in we are podcast the macabre at gmail.com um we are the macabre podcast on facebook and instagram and our website is rss.com slash podcast slash the macabre so you can check us out in any of those places you can listen to us on itunes and spotify and we're gonna try and post on Thursdays, um, and maybe bi-weekly. We haven't quite decided that yet, Yeah. but probably Thursdays is going to be your best bet. And if you guys also have, like, any, like, stories that you want to submit or, like, anything, just email us, and maybe we'll tell some stories yeah. about your stuff, because I thoroughly enjoy those yeah. on podcasts, so that would be fun. I know next week I'm going to do... My hometown murder. Oh. Because um, I've been saving up. I really want to do a lot of deep dive on that one because it's really exciting. Yeah. Not exciting. Not exciting, but interesting. It happened yeah. in your town. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned for that. And part two will also come with that. Yes. Part two of the John Bonnet Ramsey. Yep. And we'll finish it there, hopefully. I think we will. Because it might be a three-parter. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think I'll, I'll be good. <laughs> But other than that, thanks for listening to The Macabre, and we'll see you next time.